I love those words by the great Dutch hymn writer of the last century, Fred Kahn. Help us accept each other. Now, on our Black History Month, I want to begin with this prayer from one of my favorite mystics teachers, the prophetic voice of Howard Thurman from his Meditations of the Heart. He asks us to pray, Lord, Lord, open unto me, open unto me light for my darkness. Open unto me courage for my fear. Open unto me hope for my despair. Open unto me peace for my turmoil. Open unto me joy for my sorrow. Open unto me strength for my weakness. Open unto me wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me tenderness for my toughness. Open unto me love for my hates. Open unto me yourself for myself. Lord, Lord, open unto me. Amen. Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowful glad. Make me a blessing, make me a blessing out of my life. May Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. The last time I used this old song from the turn of the 20th century in worship, one of our senior members, actually our retired choir director, reminded me that this was the theme song for Guild Girls. The, anybody, was anybody in here in Guild Girls? Nobody's American Baptist. Were you never a Guild Girl, Marge? Did you lead a Guild Girls group ever? Okay, well, Guild Girls. That was the American Baptist Organization for Girls back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. That's the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. <laughs> I always think of it right away when this collection of blessings outlined by Jesus at the beginning of the so-called Sermon on the Mount comes around in the lectionary. Make me a blessing. Out of my life may Jesus shine. There are surely less worthy prayers we might lift to heaven today. In fact, when I look more closely at this first stanza of the song, though it may seem and sound dated, I saw sentiments that are all too relevant for the time in which we live, indeed to this very hour. Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad. They're also confused and concerned. They're frustrated and angry. They're dismayed and despairing. If you don't believe me, turn on your radio or your TV or your cell phone to the news. Read the paper, scroll through social media, listen to conversations in restaurants and coffee shops, supermarkets, bus stops, or on the street. People are deeply concerned about gun violence as our streets run red with blood. 
with climate change as we with previously as we deal with previously unknown weather events accompanied by flooding or drought with ongoing challenges to the promises of liberty and justice for all the common welfare of the people, the lamp of Lady Liberty that's supposed to offer the hope for home for the tired and the poor and the huddled masses yearning to breathe free? Can political leaders, can our government leaders learn to act with fairness, with civility, and with responsibility for the real needs of real people in their constituency today. If Jesus climbed Capitol Hill today, I think he would be reluctant to begin with blessing what he saw before him. We're more likely to find him weeping over the city, I think, the irony is that he would be weeping for all the blessings that God has bestowed on us as a people wasted and abused by some of the privileged at the expense of those most in need. Justice, kindness, humility, not much evident here. Love of God and love of neighbor, in desperately short supply. Those who are poor in spirit, mourning, meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, concerned with making peace, persecuted for the sake of righteousness, reviled, bullied, and slandered are not likely to look in the direction of Washington for reward, redress, or relief. And by the way, Washington is not the only capital that uh, we might look with lack of hope. Exclusionary walls are rising by the hour. Now, I don't know how the challenge of Jesus' life and times actually compared to ours. Probably attempting such a comparison would be pitting proverbial apples against oranges. Life is hard, and then you die, the old adage proclaims. I will confess that there are times when I feel helpless, not knowing which way to turn, how to respond as news, of the, uh, as news unfolds on the, uh, daily on my screen. Part of me wants to escape to some obscure tropical island where I can live in blissful ignorance. Only I'm pretty sure these days a place like that only exists in my imagination. The world has become too small. The God-ordained interconnectedness of all of life too clear to escape anywhere. So what's my alternative? What's our alternative? Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Does that sound silly? A little too Pollyanna? I don't know. In the fourth lectionary reading for today, from his letter to the church at Corinth, Paul asks, where is the one who is wise? 
Where is the scribe, that is the lawyer, the just lawyer, where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so no one may boast in the presence of God. Well, do you want to amen that this morning? A real question, isn't it? Here's the point. Jesus comes on the scene with a vision of God's beloved community. A vision. And, and, and you folks are in a place where you are trying to live into a vision of what it would mean for Fairview to be God's beloved community. Jesus comes with a vision of a beloved community that is not like anything we have ever known. He believes in it. He lives it out against all odds. In fact, he gives his life for it. Paul calls it the foolishness of the cross. Jesus comes into the world humming, make me a blessing. Because he fully intends to shine the Christ light wherever he goes. That's not only in his contract, friends, it's in his DNA. It's a crazy enterprise, given that nearly all the powers that be are marshaled against him. He's outrageously profligate in his love and his concern for the least and the lost, so much so that even the decent people, middle class, who want to support him have a, a difficult time. It's an enterprise doomed to failure, isn't it? Only it isn't. Here we are 2,000 years later gathered on a Sunday morning to remember and reflect on the wisdom of God's foolishness in that same Jesus. Blessed, happy, fortunate. All are words for the way Jesus begins to proclaim the inbreaking of God's beloved community and the kind of people that will inhabit it. In his translation, Tom Wright says, Wonderful news for the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek, and so on. Wonderful news. This is not just a revision of the legal code that Jesus is trotting out. This, friends, is good news of a different way of being and connecting with one another in all of creation. My friend Nancy Hastings Sehested puts it in a paraphrase that uses a translation from the Spanish, pardon my Spanish, las bienaventuranzas, las bienaventuranzas, good adventure, good adventure to you when you don't have it all together. God is in the middle of the mess, she writes. 
las bienaventuranzas, good adventure, to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are merciful, who live to make peace, and so on. Make me a blessing. Out of my life may Jesus shine. It's a little crazy to sing such a song, given all that's going on around us. But there they are. Faithful, foolish witnesses challenging the status quo, rushing injunction documents to court, wishing that the Beatitudes were in the courtroom, advocating for love and care of the earth, calling government leaders, writing letters, pinning op-ed pieces, claiming common identity and solidarity with any number of those labeled and abused as other, creating and holding safe space for the dispossessed, reminding us with the rise of anti-Semitism that the Holocaust was real and we must always resist such evil when it raises its hideous head, making statements and circulating petitions, singing songs, making art, and yes, offering up our fervent prayers. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. The foolishness of the cross. And for those who want to spiritualize the Beatitudes and reserve their fulfillment for some far off day in a far away place somewhere in the sky, Richard Rohr reminds us that in Jesus' wisely foolish way, liberation theology shows us that spirituality and action are connected from the very beginning and can never be separated. Roar teaches us that some people set out to act first, and their inner experience is given to them on the journey itself. Others have an inner experience that then leads them into action. It does not matter on which side you begin, he says, but eventually action and spirituality must meet and feed one another. When prayer is authentic, it will always lead to actions of mercy. When actions of mercy are attempted at any depth, they will always drive you to prayer. In the same way, the shining of the Christ light and the blessings of God's beloved community must come together in us and on this earth in this time as they do in heaven. This is how God meant it to be from the beginning. We cannot lose sight, and we must not lose hope, no matter what challenges lie before us. So friends, what will our witness be, yours and mine and ours together? What sort of foolishness for Christ and for God's beloved community are we willing to take on? How will we say no? to what is wrong, but even more importantly, how will we say yes to what is right? Not because it offers all the answers, but because it points us in the right direction. I want to share with you Nancy Hastings Sehested's complete paraphrase of the Beatitudes for your consideration. Las bienaventuranzas, 
good adventure. Good adventure to you when you don't have it all together. God is in the middle of the mess. Good adventure to you who mourn life's sorrows. God is handing courage and comfort to you. Good adventure to you who are without power and prestige. God is giving you all you could ever need. Good adventure to you who hunger for healing and justice. God is filling your belly with hope. Good adventure to you who ache for mercy. God is drenching you with endless mercy. Good adventure to you who seek to create peace. God is drawing you close. Good adventure to you who suffer and struggle to live through God's love. God is pouring spunk and spirit into you. Good adventure to you who have not lost faith in God of new life, in the God of new life. God is creating joy and love through you. Yes, friends, even now when the road may be rough and the route unknown and the journey perilous, las bienaventuranzas, good adventure to us all. May yet God yet make a blessing of each of us, you and me, and may the Christ light shine in us wherever we go and whatever we do. Amen.